Bienvenue dans l'Alcove, présenté par Théo Taxi. Aujourd'hui, notre invité, Miss Me. Welcome to the Alcove, presented by Théo Taxi. Today, our guest is Miss Me. Le Festival Mural est la destination nord-américaine du déploiement de l'art urbain. C'est le lieu de rencontre des esprits créatifs et de la représentation de l'âme festive et innovatrice d'une ville en véritable explosion artistique. Mural a pour mission de démocratiser l'art urbain. Le festival inclut déploiement de murales en temps réel, concerts, conférences, comme aujourd'hui, expositions, haute gastronomie et une variété d'installations et d'activités périodiques pendant les 11 jours du festival. Alcove se veut une série de causeries dévoilant entrepreneurs et artisans, laissant leur trace dans l'univers grâce à leur talent, valeur et appétit d'oxygéner l'impossible. Aujourd'hui, pour la deuxième rencontre de la collaboration entre Alcove et Mural, on reçoit Miss Me. Miss Me never shows her face, but her art speaks for itself in Montreal and beyond. A couple of years ago, she left a brilliant career in advertising to post her works in the street, a decisive gesture she makes to reaffirm her identity. A lot of her pieces reflect her strong feminism and social convictions. Others pay homage to musicians who don't have the recognition they deserve. Miss Me continues her pursuit of artful vandalism, the street being the privileged site of her free expression. Montreal artist Miss Me is a woman with opinions. She describes her work as artistic vandalism and she shares her passion for music, female sexuality, and the history of humanity through her artwork. Everywhere she goes, Miss Me leaves her mark with street offerings. Miss Me, you're an incredibly gifted artist. Your images are moving, thought-provoking, and impactful. C'est un énorme plaisir de te recevoir aujourd'hui dans l'alcove. Merci d'être avec nous. Merci à vous. So we're going to dive right into the interview. Let's do it. Try to learn as much as we can in the next uh, little while. So you say that you're not a street artist, but instead you're an artful vandal. What's the difference? What does that mean? Well, the difference. Um, I actually say that I'm an artist or an artful vandal. I don't like the, the term street artist because the street doesn't like, the street is where 90% of my work happens, but the street doesn't define what I do. Um, I do other things and I will continue to do other things and explore other ways to express my opinions and my intentions. Um, so I don't want it to be um, just stuck in that category. Plus the word street art today is extremely popular, but very undefined and has a bit of a coolness attached to it that I personally don't like to associate with. I rather people call me an artist or like what I do because of what I do, not because it's considered cool lately. So that's why I don't like it. Okay. How long have you been Miss Me? A couple of years. <laughs> All right, so the mask is something that you created. Uh, one of the reasons for which you wanted to protect your identity because some of what you're doing is obviously not technically legal. Technically very much, yeah. Um, tell us about the process of creating that mask which became a huge part of your identity. Well, I always hid my face, but this was not always my face. Um, I had many other masks. I would just use any mask that would make me feel, you know, any kind of joy or laugh or whatever. I used to have this big giraffe mask I used to wear all the time. It was just any way to hide my face, but just to add some kind of um, spark or, or smile to it. But 
this became my face uh, later on, probably like maybe two years in, maybe one or two years in. And it just basically represents my identity so much better than first of all my face or any other mask. It's a perfect explanation of who I am. If people that know me will like get it right away. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, just a mix of two very opposite and, and well, not opposite, but um, strong things. Like I'm very much of a kid. I watch cartoons every day of my life. I, I, I really act and dress what people would say, you know, immature or whatever, you know? But on the other hand, I'm extremely serious about my opinions. I'm very serious about what I do. I'm very serious about how, I, how seriously I take my life and, and, what I, and my opinions. So I'm not like this, this perfect little balance mix like most people that create this socially balanced, nice, acceptable person. I'm really both. So it's weird. So I really am, you know, a cartoon character that is a weird, aggressive activist at the same time. Um, yeah. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's, this is very much me. So. so we won't go too much into, you know, your history or anything like that. But I do want to talk about the fact that you were born in Switzerland and you grew up in France and you came to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Why did you come to Montreal and why did you decide to stay? Um, I was born Canadian. Um, so Montreal was always an option. My father was born here and I have some family that um, fled Europe in the 30s um, to be saved and lived uh, in Canada. So I have a history with, with uh, a personal family history with um, this land. Um, I came just to study um, 16 years ago. And I just decided to stay because it felt, it felt much more welcoming. I felt much more myself. I felt that I could grow as a woman, as an artist, in a, as a weirdo in a much more open way than in Europe, um, where it was much harder to be yourself, much harder to be different, much harder to be a minority, and much harder to be a woman. Um, that is why I stay. And you identify more with North America than you do Europe? With Montreal, I don't know if I would identify with all of North America. I will Especially right now, <laughs> it's it's too complex. You can't identify with just like mm-hmm. half a continent. It just doesn't work. But um, Montreal, feels Montreal, like you. definitely. Okay. Um, so there is something that I I want to touch on. You call yourself a counter voice to the objectification of women in mainstream media. So I've yeah. read this in a few different places. And with the mask, you make a point of not wanting people to have an opinion about what you look like. You're saying that the mask is more important than your actual face. But the image of the naked woman that we see um, with that mask, for which you're very much known, um, is known to be a self-portrait. Yeah. And the irony to me is that the body that's depicted is basically the perfect woman's body. When, when you look at society's standards of, of what beauty should be, which is kind of part of what you're against, is a beautiful woman's body that by the standards of society is perfect. I wouldn't agree fully. First of all, um, there's a difference between having a certain type of body um, and having to live with it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that kind of, of body, I grew up in a society where I was not considered skinny, and I was told to hide my body all the time. 
because it was curvaceous, because it was the way it was. Now I'm going to use myself because I'm talking about my own struggle, so I'm not going to try to uh, take someone else's struggle or, or, or pretend to talk for someone else because I can't. I mm -hmm. think that that's wrong. So I'm going to talk about myself, so I'm going to use it's my authentic. own self. When I, growing up, um, I had a million, a million um, encounters or, or situation that I had to basically change the way I dressed, change the way I would, I would appear or act because of how people reacted to it, mostly men or even women, mm -hmm. because of how it just was. The body I have, I, I have accepted it now, but it is different when you see it. A body also naked does not look the same when you have to fit it in certain clothes. And believe Agreed. it or not, <laughs> to find pants is not an easy thing. To find, like, thank you leggings, thank you stretch stuff. But before that, it was actually not easy. Of course, I have it much easier than a ton of people. Mm -hmm. But I'm just talking about myself. Right. You know, so it's just, it's my, it's a very personal it's a very personal struggle that I'm expressing. Now, a lot of people now see it and, and recognize something in, for them, but it doesn't mean that it looks like them because it's right. not about that. It was just me saying, I'm sick and tired of having to hide myself, of having to change the way I act, I dress, I behave because of how you react to it, whether it's good and bad. I don't freaking care. I'm tired of having to carry mm -hmm. that burden. So that's just my way of being out there and it's also, when you have a certain type of body, people or you, 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 yeah, like it will, it will. People will see it in a more sexual way, and then people, if you do have a sexual life or whatever, some people, especially where I come from, not so much here in mm -hmm. Canada, will try to shame you for having a certain type of open sexuality, very strongly from where I come from. Much less in North America in general, and much less here in Montreal, where mm -hmm. feminism has been building a very open um, society for women and their sexuality here. But it's not the case in France where I grew up mm -hmm. at all, at all. I could never, I could, I always, I grew up having to put stuff around my butt and like never having to show my, my breasts. And I don't even have big breasts. I know it doesn't show right now, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always a thing. And like you were called a slut, you were called a whore all the time, all the time for nothing. So it's, it's, that's why. So I thank you for your compliment, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's mm -hmm. not, I'm not trying to say, you know, beauty is, is bullshit or like those. It's just you're, like you're accept the way you campaign. are. No, and it, but in, not really. I mean, I'm down with them, but it's just I'm going to talk about myself. It's a personal journey. And again, a naked body is not the same that when you have to dress it and it's not the same when you have to live with it. It's mm -hmm. always, and women in general, it's not necessarily how you look for real, it's how you feel, Yeah. right? So sometimes everybody will find you beautiful, but you, that's not where you're at because you have all these voices, you know, that you're listening to. I think that's a very, it's something that women go through, and I think we're the only ones that go through that feeling of really just not being comfortable with our body until we, we find a certain comfort with ourselves as a person. I think it's for everyone. I think it has been harder for women in our societies. I think some men do go through this mm -hmm. um, for a lot of different reasons. And now today, women, uh, men, men's body and men, um, they're, they're like in ads and in and, and, and so, and media and everything, the men's um, physical appearance is starting to gain importance. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I think there's many reasons for that, but one of them also is the fact that women are being more, you know, like uh, open and aware. And some men are just being like, I want a man to, to look hot. If you don't have a six pack, you know, move mm -hmm. along just like guys are. Mm -hmm. like that's, that's what happens when people become more equal. Like good and bad things happen on both ways. Right. So that will happen. And I think some guys will suffer it. I don't think we should, we should say that it's so much easier always for men. I think, you mm -hmm. know, men goes through some struggle and body image as well. Um, like, I mean, in the gay community, like, yes. seriously, it's super harsh for some guys. Right. Like, if you don't look a certain way, it's super hard as well. But for women, definitely much deeper for much a longer time. And it's a deeper self-confidence that we have to kind of find. It's not so, I would say it's, 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 it's deeper. Mm. So you recently made a video with yeah. a lot of women. Yeah. Tell us about that experience. You said it was really unique and absolutely incredible. It was absolutely incredible <laughs> and totally unique. <laughs> um, it was a crazy kind of last minute idea. Um, I was having a show at the Phi Center and uh, I just kind of pitched this idea because the, the whole space was so cool. I wanted to, to use it and to immortalize it because it was going to get destroyed. It is destroyed now, you know, like any installation I do. So I wanted to make it live and to kind of take the idea of the vandal further and to basically take it outside of just myself. Mm -hmm. And so I, 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 I asked if anybody wanted to be down to be part of that army, hoping that maybe I would get like maybe, you know, 10, 15, hopefully like girls that would be like, okay, let's do this. And, and in, to put this in context, they were naked. Yeah. Naked. Well, we and filmed like, and filmed naked and filmed, but like masks, and but they didn't really know that, <laughs> and we got flooded. Like I got over seventy-five, like girls, ladies, just writing, being like, I want to be part of this. This is so important. I really want to be part of this as a personal challenge, or something for myself, or just for the movement, or like a million different reasons and like long ass emails. It was super overwhelming. It was amazing, and that's where I understood that it was more than that because mm -hmm. women. Men will see it as a hot, a certain curvaceous looking woman. Most women that I know and that respond to what I do don't see it like that. They see it as just someone that's just like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. This is what it is. If it bothers you, then whatever. I'm not going to take responsibility for you being aroused by it, for you being bothered by it, for you being, having an opinion whether I should be covered or not. That's, that's, that's all they see because that's all there is. And so all these ladies, we had, I think we were like around, yeah, we were 30. And from, honestly, all ages, like, a, well, not all ages. Uh, the eldest was probably 45, 50. Youngest was 18 from all ethnicities, all body types. And we tried to keep it as diverse as we could. We wished it was more because also on top of it with the lighting, a lot of like, like we had a bunch of, uh, of black girls, but they were not super dark. So it didn't really show. Mm -hmm. And also it's, I never thought of it, but like, Asian women, Arabic women, all, when you cover the face, you, you don't, don't know yeah. <laughs> that they're from a whole bunch of different backgrounds, yeah. unless you kind of see the eyes, sometimes not even. But it was amazing. They just trusted me. We, we filmed all day and we just like went with it. And no one was like, they let me body paint them. We taped stuff to their boobs and everybody was just down. Everybody was just encouraging to each other. It was such a loving, accepting thing. And everybody was super at ease. Like, no one was ashamed. Even this one girl, like, she had her period at the middle of the thing. And I was like, she was like, oh, shit. It's like, come here. Let's just paint this shit. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's like, it, it, that was the whole point. Don't be ashamed. It's just natural thing. Just your nakedness. 
you know, having your period, looking complete, and everybody looked so different. Like yeah. we had girls that looked, so it was it was amazing to see the difference of body types together. Yeah. It was like, it's incredible to see how like how different we can look. It's amazing. I was amazed to see you had a pregnant girl. Oh, she was the bomb. Like we all wanted to be her. Like, <laughs> she was our idol. And she showed up. She was like, I know you're not looking for maybe pregnant. But hopefully, we, we were like, what? <laughs> she was she was two weeks before due. Oh and like God. she was going crazy. I, I I drew a huge pussy Illuminati on her stomach. It was a little girl she's having. She had um, all body painted. And like, I was like, can you dance or whatever? We were like, do you want to sit? Do you want to sit? Like, you want water? <laughs> she's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. At some point I was like, can you run towards the camera? We didn't use it. But she ran towards the camera with like her amazing big stomach. She was... There must have been something so liberating about that experience. She felt like, she was like, I feel like such a badass. And that's what everybody said, you know, even if the video didn't turn out the way we wanted or if it didn't turn out so good, the experience in itself was so, I know this word is so used right now, but it was truly the right word, empowered. Everybody just felt dope. Mm. Everybody felt dope as fuck, like amazing. Everybody was taking selfies with each other, kind of, and nobody knew each other at first. I didn't even know, I knew maybe three girls. I didn't know any of them. But everybody was just like happy and and felt good about themselves, and it was amazing. And I think it, I think the video, you you feel it uh, a bit. But um, yeah, like even this one girl, I remember, she came to me at the end, like like she came, she was like, thank you, thank you, and I'm like, oh, you don't have to thank you, fuck, thank you for doing this for me. This is insane. Okay. And she's like, no, you don't understand. This is a huge deal for me because uh, she was 25. She was a, uh, she was from. I think, I don't know if she was India, uh, from India or from um, Pakistan, but she was from that area. Uh, she had like you know, the traditional nose ring and she had like the very long hair. She was a very tiny, tiny girl. And she's like, I want to thank you so much because it means so much to me. I, I'm, I'm so proud of myself I did this because this is the very first time I have been completely naked in front of anybody and, and except myself. And she got naked in front of 30 other people filming and everything and she was like and i feel amazing like can you imagine never feeling good enough to showing your own body to anyone that's messed up Mm -hmm. but that's 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 i think that's society a lot of things patriarchal mentality a lot of hundreds of years of bullshit and like like being blamed for like eating the apple and coming supposedly from a man's rib and all that bullshit like that will, that will harm you. Society will turn it into something that will make you ashamed of who you are. And we should never be. You should, you should be happy and embrace who you are because that is your vessel in this life. And once you're happy and proud of who you are, anyone, then you can start perfecting yourself, mm-hmm. questioning yourself and your space in society towards others and trying to build something positive. But if you spend all this energy being like trying to negate or thinking something's wrong or hiding something about yourself, that's such a waste of energy and time for society, mm-hmm. you know? So that's basically, that's basically it, you know? It's super simple. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned two things. You mentioned the rib. The coming from the rib, and you mentioned the pussy Illuminati. Yeah. So you did a series of six men. Yeah. Pussy Illuminati. I'd love for you to tell us about that. Why you chose those men. Because they're motherfucking assholes. Um, There's many more I could use, but those Does everybody know what that is? Yeah. No? I did, like, posters, and I put the the pussy Illuminati on some guy's face. 
Um, basically, because the, the idea of the Illuminati is basically, you know, self-love, self-acceptance, understanding the power of what, you know, the vagina and that whole thing we have in our body is, whether we choose to use it or not. But it is a beautiful, magical thing that allows us to be here. Like, everybody is made in vagina. Society and, and humanity is there because of that. And so why do we teach girls that it, it, you shouldn't show it, that we were like, I was afraid to even look at my own pussy for years. I was like, oh, I don't know what's on there. <laughs> it's like weird. It, that's not normal. Guys like know everything that's on there. They know what the balls look like. They know like they've touched and looked and everything, right? But a lot of girls don't. Like I, the only thing I was worried when I was a teenager, I was like, I hope it doesn't smell bad because I heard that's the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> But that's messed up, you know? So. The Bus Illuminati is basically no, you know, like accept it. It's like one of the most beautiful, powerful part of your body. You should love it and know it, whatever you decide to do with it. So I basically put that in the whole, you know, Illuminati thing because I decided that's like the ultimate power in this world and secret society and blah, blah. It's just kind of a joke. But I put it on these guys' face, in their face. Um, because I think they deserve it and they need a wake-up call about that because I think they, they create a really harmful things in this world when it comes to women. So I have, you know, I put it on the, I forgot, Abu Bakar, I forgot his last name. Uh, he's a, he was one of the main leader of uh, Boko Haram that is known to have abducted, you know, those, those girls, but also hundreds of other women and girls that are like in slavery, that are in, that say, say sex slave, forced marriage, underaged, um, you know, rape, they, they kill a ton of people. So this guy, because, you know, I'm not too fond of this guy. Um, obviously Donald Trump, because, I mean, <laughs> like he's confusing, you know, enjoying a woman's body image and, 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 you know, basically women trophies as a loving woman. That's just not how that works. Um, I have this, the, the guy that stabbed a whole bunch of people at the gay pride in Jerusalem twice. I have, uh, I forgot his name. Oh, I keep forgetting the names. The okay. Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. Well, he's like, he's not, he doesn't represent that, but he represents like a, a small cult. And he, yeah, he was, you know, child marriage, forced marriage, multiple wives, um, like, 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 um, legitimated, um, like, um, like, um, like they would rape women as a, as part of a normal, like, it was just like, just like beyond messed up stuff on women. Did you end up being able to print these and put them? No, because they don't, they wouldn't look good. Um, they wouldn't look good if they're not in color and that costs much more. And I like bigger things. So, I mean, I'm not going to print them in small. So I might do like a post, a series of posters or whatever. I'm, I'm not sure yet. It's going to happen. Um, I have Anyone also has the, hookups for color printers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have the Ayatollah Khomeini. Uh, who was like the first Ayatollah that basically hijacked the, the, the revolution that happened in Iran in uh, 1979 that started as a communist and leftist uh, revolution against the Shah and basically got completely hijacked by the Islamic movement that was much more organized that basically flew in, took over. First thing they did was like cut women's rights, descended the, 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 the age, uh, the legal age of ma marriage from 18 to like nine, I think. Yeah. And then they made it, uh, like they put it up to like 15, something like ridiculous. 
Um, obviously, like uh, Sharia law and all those things that allow, you know, um, rape doesn't exist within uh, marriage. So if you're married to a man, you have to have sex with him, even if you don't want to, because rape doesn't exist, you're supposed to, like all that stuff. So these guys, <laughs> these are the guys that put my pussy Illuminati on their face, pretty much. <laughs> so these are kind of the negative people in your art, but you yeah. have a lot of positive <laughs> influences. Yeah. Um, I, would, I, I when I do those, it's usually when I'm angry. Yeah, yeah, because your art is a big <laughs> reflection of your state of mind and who you are. So let's talk about the ones that have a bit of a more positive impact. So you've gone from Tupac to Malala to uh, Frida Kahlo. Why have you chosen these people? Well, they're from different series, and I think it's important not to to to, to mix them because one is like my my music saints. They started as jazz saints and then music saints series, and then there's the aspire to inspire. Mm -hmm. um, because one, I, the music series, I celebrate these people for their art only, not for who they are. Because mm -hmm. a lot of these people in their personal lives were not that nice. Miles Davis used to beat his wife. Nina Simone was half crazy a lot of the time. Um, but you know, it's being human and it's, it's it, like a lot of, but you, I think it's, it's important you can recognize someone's art and the positive is as created and the energy has created in this world. Nina Simone's music till this day still inspires a lot of people to accept who they are, to love who they are and to do a positive change in their life. Same thing with Tupac. They, they talk for people that usually are mute and muted by society. And I think those are extremely important things, but I do not celebrate their lives because they're complex being. And I don't intend to know and to talk about that. Now the Aspire to Inspire series are women mm -hmm. because it's my personal answer to the women I see a little too much in the media and that are celebrated for, I think, reasons that shouldn't be worth celebrating. I mean, you can, you can like it, you can talk about it, but you shouldn't celebrate it as an accomplishment for a woman. Mm -hmm. And society and social media is doing that because it's important not to just say like the media because the media is like we feel it's like those big powerhouses that impose shit on us. But I don't think it's true because a lot of people's opinion and even news today, people get it from their social media and that is like powered by us. And we choose what we share, we choose what we talk about. And so we should take responsibility as well to decide to, to talk about and to you know, put that mm -hmm. out. Um, and so my answer is basically putting what like women I think are worth celebrating for the amazing accomplishment they have, they have, they have, they have done, and 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 what they have added to this world, and and to show women what all the things a woman can be and do, and the power of it. And so I chose some that inspire me personally. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a huge fan of Malala. I know it's a little cliche, but I think this girl is badass as hell to get shot in the head by the Taliban and be like, what now? I'm still here. What you gonna do? It's just like, that's insane. Um, you know, Maya Angelou, a huge inspiration, very like um, um, sage, um, um, wise woman. Mm -hmm. um, Frida Kahlo, she is it's very, she's very much out there today and like, you know, later, like it, it used to be like really her husband, but now like she's almost, I think she's more like famous than her husband, mm -hmm. but it was really for her stand. She was such a courageous woman to me to really go deep into who she really was. She was really not what most women should be in, in, in her society in her time. And she embraced it and she did it fearlessly. She dressed as a man, she was bisexual. She talked about in her painting about her deepest, most, 
most 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 you know haunting fears like those you know that 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 painting of hers when she had a miscarriage and she has this baby and it's coming out of her vagina and it's just so raw but she was just like this is how i feel and it's fine and it's legitimate because it's how i feel even though it does not look good as a woman right now she does she didn't matter it didn't matter she was very uh, engaged politically uh, she she was a communist she was very uh, you know they 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 had trotsky at their house and everything and it's it, i'm not saying that because i necessarily agree with her political stance but i think it's important to 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 acknowledge that she wasn't, she had no fear into, you know, living by her morals and just going all out. Um, I have Ellen Keller. She's, she's, oh my God, this lady, when you think about it, like I know people do a lot of jokes about her, but seriously, she's such a badass. Like she was deaf and blind mm -hmm. and she was just left to whatever. And she learned not only to function in society, which in itself is extremely impressive, but she was a huge activist. She wrote a ton of things. She toured the world yeah. as an activist. Like, it's insane. She's blind and, 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 and deaf. Like, it's crazy. It's almost too bad that people know that name so well and know the reference, but don't know the whole backstory necessarily. But that's it. That's why like, I put it out there and I'm like, you know, be curious. And she, you have all those amazing pictures of her just like touching people's mm -hmm. face, like all those big, super important man that pe the people feared and stuff. And you have pictures of her like this. <laughs> and it's just amazing because it just brings it back to human to human, you know? Yeah. Um, who else do I have on this list? Oh, Simone de Beauvoir, I mean, mm. brilliant mind, brilliant, brilliant mind. Well, you painted something, and I don't know that this was necessarily your choice. I imagine you were commissioned to do it, but Santa Barbara for the restaurant. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, know, I know that's like not the point, but it's, it's really gorgeous. And, you know, I was wondering, are, do you have, are you religious? Are you spiritual? Are, is that something that is important um, to you? I am spiritual. I... I'm re religious. Religion is more of a cultural important thing for me mm -hmm. as an identity, especially because I was a minority and that was something that was always a struggle uh, growing up. So, you know, when you when you go through a struggle and people try to shame you through something, it becomes a pride, you know, as a survival thing. Mm -hmm. So it's it's almost more because of that. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, she's she's a Christian uh, Catholic. Yeah. I'm not Christian, but I just like like that was so it was a commission. But I I I found a way to understand this story in a way that talked to me, and that's how I portrayed her. Um, and also like a lot like a lot of saints in the Catholic um, religion are also a lot of pagan stories. I mean, they're all older stories that were kind of refreshed and revamped in the whole Catholic idea. So she was from the third century in, in Lebanon. Um, we, but there's, there's like, I, they have trace of that story before. So I think the idea is basically what I decided to keep from it, which is what saints are. It's like an, something happens and you decide to, to shape it the way you want it to, to stick to you or it will talk to you. So the killer nails, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was kind of badass. Um, but yeah, she was basically a, a lady that wanted to do her own thing, believe her own thing, and her dad was like not having it at all, and this, she was put to death because like being Christian was not cool. So basically having your own opinion against whatever else was imposed upon you was not cool. And her dad like decapitated her, <laughs> so hardcore. And yeah, he cut her head off, like his own daughter, because he was just not having it. And the, the, the story is that she, he was struck by lightning and burned to death. So she's like the same patron of electricity and, and thunder. 
I mean, it's a pretty cool story, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. I'd like to talk a little bit about ownership. So mm -hmm. you've made a point to say that your art is in the street, and so everyone uh, can profit from it, enjoy it, see it. Um, and you got a bit upset when people started stealing your, your things and bringing them home, and you said this is not for you to own, even though society says that to really thoroughly enjoy something, you should own it. Yeah. I think that's really interesting, but on the flip side, you know, you have such an important, you know, movement towards, I know you're not just this, but femininity and women's rights and all of this. Is there not a way to also create, have you ever thought about creating art that you could sell and that money could help profit women? For, look, for real, uh, yes, because at some point I have to live in this society and <laughs> struggle's real, man, so um, <laughs> yes, but the thing is, I think there's a way to do it, and um, I have it, it has to feel right to me. And mm -hmm. so I'm not just going to do it just to do it. And um, so I will. I, it's important for me to have my stuff in the streets because, again, it's just for everyone. It's part of the exterior world. And again, like what you said too. I think our society teaches us that if you love something, you should own it and keep it. And I think that is wrong. Uh, and we see it in relationship, we see it in things, we see it in, and that's why I think it's amazing when people like give their whole like collection to museums. Like mm -hmm. that's amazing to just give it for all because it does, that's not how ownership necessarily works. Now I, I am actually in the process of doing that because it's an interesting process and it's starting to feel right and mm -hmm. I want to do it in a way that talks to me. And also because like for real I got to make money. But, um, <laughs> but also I will also always keep both. Yeah, like I think it's important, and if one day I don't do that, any of you can come to me and call me a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> if I don't always have like stuff that is available that is like cheaper, I have like cheaper posters that uh, I sell for cheap or I give sometimes, and at the same time I'll have like unique pieces that will sell for much more. But you can always have something, and if in, it, you can go hopefully in the museum someday and see my stuff or whatever in a private collection, but you will always see my shit in the street as well. And I think it's, I like that because it doesn't make sense in our society's values. You know, you have to work for money and for time and blah, blah, blah. And if something has value, it has to be always only for one thing. And I think it's what's good in street art in general, because it's not just me, that you can have something that's worth hundreds like of thousands of dollars for some very important street artists, like even like Banksy or mm -hmm. whoever sells for a lot of money but you still have it in the street and it won't devaluate. It's like kind of fucking with this old so, school idea of what value is. And I think it's cool. a great example of that, yeah. And it's cool, it's cool. Mm -hmm. He's like, that's right, you're gonna pay that much money? Cool, this is gonna be free. Hey, same thing. Yeah. But it's nice because our society is, there's such a bigger and bigger gap with rich and poor people mm -hmm. that it's nice that I think for artists to kind of go both ways and be like, this is it, you know, it's going to be mad cheap for the poor people. The same thing is going to be super expensive for, exp for rich people. And it's important for you to also be able to live from your art like that. You can keep making it. That's also my thinking right now because I'm like, <laughs> I have Because you're going to, you know, you don't want to have to go back to that job that you love. I won't. That's it. So I won't. So I am. But so it's just I have to do it my own way. Okay. And I am, so. I think there's also an educational value to a lot of your message and your art. And I saw that um, you went to a school and painted a mural for, a, I think it's an all-girls private. Yeah. Um, do you think there's a way for you to get more involved 
with your art I've and done education. more things. That's not the only, that's actually something that was least involved because I just really? went and painted. I just had like a very interesting experience there. But I, I taught in high schools a few times. Okay. Uh, I actually did this big thing with Love and uh, Love, which is Leave yeah. Up Violence. It's mm -hmm. a, a program for kids that have problems in of violence in, in schools, like teenagers. And a pop last year, and it was like a whole summer. I taught them for a whole month, five hours a day, 10 kids from 14 to 21. Uh, I taught them my technique. We talked about role models. That was actually my theme. Okay. Uh, we watched videos. We discussed and like people, like kids from all different um, horizon and, and 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 gender and you know like uh, a trans uh, a trans kid and like like a lot of different things that I'm actually I, I don't uh, meet that often. So it was extremely interesting and I learned so much uh, from that. And then we did a huge mural. Um, but honestly, it's super tiring. So <laughs> I Do like doing it. it. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot, but it like sucked the life out of me because I put just too much. I get too involved, you know. Mm -hmm. So I like doing it, and I'm hopefully going to continue doing it here and there. But I personally like to use. I'm, I think I'm best when I just kind of just produce my pieces. That's how I feel. It, it works the best for me, mm -hmm. you know. I can't just become a teacher. I think other people do it better than me and survive it better than me. Fair enough. Um, you were. Plus, I swear, and it's like very <laughs> rare that like I can teach kids without being super vulgar. Well, if they <laughs> if they take you, they have to take the whole package. Well, it worked with these kids. Like yeah. it was fine, but you know, sometimes I have to like. Yeah. Um, you were recognized at South by Southwest. Yeah. How important is recognition to you? Weird. I don't know. Um. It's cool because it basically it's like your voice becomes louder and talks to more people. So you'll have more people disagree, but you also have more people that'll be like, yo, I totally get this. This makes me feel good or this inspired me to do my own shit. Um, so in that way, I think it's it's amazing because I mean, my point in life is to meet and to, to interact and to have conversation with as many humans as I can in our lifetime and to learn and to see through as most as I can. I think that's the true way to be closer to God, universe, whatever you want to say. Like this is for me, I think that would be my ultimate goal. So if it will make my voice louder, hopefully mm -hmm. I can meet and talk to more people. So in that way, I think it's cool. What's next? Huh, I don't know. What's next? <laughs> um, I am doing a creative mornings um, on, um, First of July, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting because they impose like a theme, uh, and you have to kind of talk about it. And my theme is broken, and I was hesitant, um, but as I have been doing in the past two years, everything that I find interesting that scares the shit out of me, I say yes, and I figure it out after. And it kind of forces you to just do things and become the person you actually want to be. And it's really weird, but it, it has worked out so far. I haven't like fallen flat faced. Um, but this is going to be hardcore because if I want to do it well, which I will, I have to be super honest about my personal experiences and I will probably be more intimate about my personal shit than I, I have ever been. But I think, um, I mean, once you put stuff out there, then it's out there and it can't really, no one can really use it to hurt you, I guess. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Thank you for your candidness and your openness. You're welcome. Merci. I miss me. Merci. Merci à tout le monde.